0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell, joined as always by Zach Bartle. Zach, what's going on, man, other than the fact that you and I absolutely cannot get our timing down? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, i tell you what, man, I'm, I'm out of sorts this week. My wife is out of town for the week, and so it's just me and my son, and it's been just a whirlwind of like fast food and staying up late. And, uh, we're, you know, basically I'm acting like a child as well, which is the responsible thing to do, you know, when caring for a 10 year old. And, uh, we, we're, we're, our goal is to have been, we finished Dragon Prince, which we're going to talk about. Our goal is to also to finish binge watching for like the seventh time season one of Cobra Kai before mom gets back. Nice. And, uh, yeah, we're well on our way. Then we're going to go to a Renaissance festival this weekend, which he's never been to, which is exciting. Cool. Dorky, but exciting.
0: Dude, that sounds awesome. Sounds like a uh, great weekend.
1: Yeah. And nice. so right, right now, speaking of being a child, I'm sitting on a swing at a park <laughs> looking out at, uh, I don't know what river this is, red, red, Cedar, red Cedar River, I think, in, in beautiful East Lansing, Michigan, um, while my son is, is learning to uh, like knife disarm and like dislocate people's heads and everything at karate. Sweet. Sounds like a good time. Absolutely, man. It's all coming up, Zach, these days. <laughs> oh, one more thing. I think I've pretty much completed the, uh, the Pac-Man uh, device. I had, to, I had to open up the thing I was using. I, I, I was using a, uh, one of those like plug-and-play deals, the guts of that, for, yeah. for the software. And uh, I messed the first one all up. All my solders pulled away, and the whole thing was. So I bought another one. And I didn't tell anyone, didn't tell the wife especially, but it it arrived and I did it all again today and I think, I think we're in business. All the buttons seem to be working, everything seems to be working, so uh, anybody wants to come by the Nakatomi smoke room for a a cigar, you bring me a cigar and then more than likely I'll I'll invite you down to the the, uh, burgeoning arcade in the basement.
0: (laughs) Nice. Dude, you're going to have to Facebook live that. Heck, yeah, yeah. That'd be great. Well, before we get into our topics today, and as you already said, we're going to be talking about one of those things. Um, We actually have a – we have two sponsors this week. One of them you don't know about, Zach. One of them is, of course, uh, Mission Aware as always. Love their products. Um, I'm going to highlight their uh, beer glasses that they have because – It's going to actually lead into our second sponsor this week. So uh, check out Missionware and check out the beer glasses they have. Of course, you can get the These Go to 11 beer beer glasses. We've sent those out as giveaways in the past. But you can also check out uh, different Reformers profiles on them as well. So they have a bunch of different ones. So check out Missionware and check out their line of beer glasses for the holiday season. I know they tend to put out a gift set, and I actually think they still have uh, one with these go to 11 in the gift set with them. So check it out. Our second sponsor is going to be Honey Go Wine and Spirits. They're actually the the liquor store that I used to work for here in Maryland. They're holding their 10th annual Beer Fest on October 6th uh, from noon to 4. This is a great event. Um, It's basically... Uh, Pay, uh, I think it is uh, $35 in advance and then $45 at the door. But from noon to 4, it's all you can drink. They also have different things for uh, wine drinkers as well. So if you're not into beer, they'll have some wine samplings going on that you can taste. And then they'll also have uh, food trucks that you can buy different uh, uh, varieties of food from and uh, live band as well. So always a great time, October 6th. Noon to four Are you trying to get me fired Or something over here (laughs) I'm I'm just This is You know This is just Me Promoting A festival Here in Maryland
1: (laughs) Don't you know How fundamentalists Work man Uh, If I am Associated With you And you are Like say your neighbor Is a 33rd degree Mason And his You know Niece's Piano teacher Works at a liquor store I still get fired (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm sorry, finish your plug there. I, I, <laughs> we'll
0: we'll blank out the uh the beer part and we'll just say fest. <laughs> <laughs> um but no, definitely um check out Honeygo Wine and Spirits on Facebook, check them at Honeygo Wines on Twitter, uh and you'll be seeing uh some different uh announcements and plugs for them this whole week. But it's a great event. Always one that I enjoy going to when I can. Um and I have uh, two tickets in my possession that I am going to give away to our listeners if they retweet or uh, repost a Facebook post we put out. So between now and, let's say, Tuesday, if we see a retweet or a repost, uh, you'll be able to win um, two tickets. So check it out. Now, is Greg Dutcher like, avail- able to do that, or,
1: or is he... Um, you know, like, like if you work for Kellogg's, you're, you're out of the running for their giveaways and things.
0: Uh, Greg would be able to do it because he's, he's no longer uh full time. So we don't do like, we do like, you can't be full time on these go to 11 and still do it. Uh, but part-time or previous hosts can.
1: Pretty sweet deal for uh, Greg Dutcher. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh by the way nathan i I know you didn't listen to the the entire episode from last week because uh you only listen to hear the sound of your own voice but um <laughs> i I do believe that I convinced our guest that uh James King is a real person, and what's more that he was my mentor in seminary
0: <laughs> oh, Dude, that's nice uh, that's hysterical. <laughs> Uh, we gotta get him back on James King yes yes I'll have to I'll have to, uh, I'll have to uh, see if I can uh, brokerage something with him maybe we'll say something on the podcast this week that'll annoy him and get him to come back on and do something well you've already you know you're on the right track talking about <laughs> drinking and all
1: you can drink <laughs>
0: that's right that's right well, we're all on our way <laughs> oh man um, so so Let's uh, – I, I was texting you uh, last – was it last week or this week? I don't know. It was, it was at some point. And, you know, I, I'm always trying to think of what can we do that's a little new, a little different. Um, or even what can we do that we've done before but, you know, uh, something something new with that. And so we've, we've reviewed movies on here before. We've reviewed shows on here before. I saw – I think it was last week you posted something about The Dragon Prince – uh, I absolutely thought that show was fantastic, really enjoyed it, and so I thought it would be cool if you and I just did a little review segment on it um Have you had a chance to see the whole thing yet zach oh yeah i i we we burned right through that puppy two three days yeah nice nice um so what were well I mean I guess first it would uh you know be good if we kind of gave you know overall um you know, description of it, just general description of it uh, for listeners out there. Uh, try not to give away any spoilers or anything like that, but um, you know, basically it's set in a land where um, magic and uh, magical creatures and humanoids have been divided from humans. Um, and there's this kind of war that's been waging over the years, and you find yourself kind of wrapped up into this fantasy world that I really enjoyed. I thought that the way they handled um, the characterization of the main character, um, the protagonists and the antagonists, I thought everything just fit really well together with this. Um, that I wasn't actually sure initially that I was going to enjoy. Now, I know the writers of Avatar The Last Airbender are the ones who are working on this, and so I thought I would like it to a certain extent, but I ended up enjoying it way more than I thought I was going to. Um, What were your thoughts? Now, hold
1: on there, man. i I I got to float something your way, and that is Mm -hmm. that we have a listener on this this program who lives uh, not far from me, Okay. Um, I only ever met him because of this this uh, program and our connection through it. His name is Zach Burnham. Okay. Uh, his wife uh, uh, actually hooked us up with uh, Gret and the the whole uh, uh, donor uh, okay. seat yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so this guy, he's the dude with the uh, the laser yep. who made uh, those those dope uh, uh, coasters for me, and and so we we hung out and. Uh, I was like, man, what, what's your what's your favorite thing? Like, what's your your pastime? And he was like, basically, man, I got a laser, and I got my favorite show, which is uh, Avatar, the the Last Airbender. Is that what it's called? Yep. And I was like, isn't that an M Night Shyamalan movie? And he punched me in the throat three <laughs> times in rapid succession. As well, and well as he like, should have. <laughs> <laughs> But, but uh, he, he, he loves it, right? Like, I mean, and, and you should check out his stuff on, uh, on Twitter. There's a game that they play, apparently, in that program that he makes with the laser and everything. I mean, like, he's really, really into it. Kind of probably how, like, I'm into Cobra Kai or even more. Nice. And uh, so when I saw the, the preview for Dragon Prince... I'm always looking at what's coming up on, on Netflix. And when I saw that preview, I tweeted him. And I'm like, dude, from the, the creator of Avatar, you're going to love this, right? And he writes back, oh, s- slow your roll there, man. This, this is not the creator of Avatar. These are people who were like tangentially involved. I don't, I'm don't. i paraphrasing. I'm sure you can find the tweet if you care to look for it. Um, that, that these people often get credit for Avatar, but
0: not really the actual creator. What do you know about that? See, now, I didn't think they were the creators. I thought they were the writers. So you have, okay. you have the creators um, of, of Avatar, uh, but these were the writers from the show, from my understanding, who are who actually created this show, The Dragon Prince. Okay. Now, now in my mind, a really pure show...
1: It's going to have, uh, there's, there's going to be total overlap there. I mean, there's, you'll have some some writers, you'll have a writer's room, but your creator is always going to be your head runner, your show runner, mm-hmm. uh, your head writer. That's that's kind of where I'm coming from. Okay. But at the same time, if you're adapting a comic, which I don't know if this is, maybe it is or maybe it isn't, um, or something to that effect, yeah, sometimes somebody would have really the vision to, to take it into a different medium and write for it. But they didn't create it. Okay, all right. So that's enough enough
0: nerdy <laughs> uh, minutia, well uh, pedantry. So, so you you have not seen Avatar: The Last Airbender, is that correct? I have not. Okay. Um,
1: and I probably will check it out because I thought. I mean, like, like if I loved the Dragon Prince, would I like that?
0: I think so. Yeah. Uh, actually, one of the voice actors from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Is in the Dragon Prince, um, right?
1: Callum, so, the, the main guy. Yep,
0: yep. So there's there's a lot of his uh, like that guy's particular brand of like you know that kind of like screaming humor stuff that he does is in Avatar, which really makes the show. I mean, it's just it's got this set of characters very similar to the Dragon Prince that you really enjoy following on their adventure, and you you enjoy watching see them grow and develop and and become the people that they're supposed to be um so Mm -hmm. yeah i think you would really like it
1: very cool let me tell you what i loved about the dragon prince Mm -hmm. and this this blew my mind i i watched four or five eps with my son because he watched a couple and he immediately came and got me and was like dad you have to see this so we watched a few um, and you know, with with Netflix, it starts the next one automatically, and these things are real short because there's no commercials, and they just go by real quick. So I get, you know, I'm, I'm hip deep in this thing. He goes to bed, and I get on Facebook, and I write, the the uh, Dragon Prince is amazing. Somebody, a dude from the Gut Check Army, which, frankly, is disappointing me all over the place lately, in that they have barely bought enough T-shirts for me and Ted to get our own T-shirts. <laughs> um <laughs> And and you you know we have uh, been recording but not releasing because we're uh, we're like Lucille Bluth in that we get off on withholding right but um, <laughs> we so this guy jumps on and says accept the animation really and I, <laughs> I go what dude the animation was the best part and I really wanted like a really nerdy um, online debate but he never responded <laughs> I thought the animation. That it reminded me so much of movies that I used to rent from like the 70s and 80s yep. uh, that that had that kind of a little bit jumpy, Yeah. but like the movements are all hyper real. It kind of reminded me of the old cell animation where they actually would do it on top of yep. a uh, yeah, like like film. Yep. Sorry if you, I just made a big noise. I killed a mosquito. Good grief! <laughs> it's fall and I'm killing mosquitoes. Um, and, and so I love the animation. I loved the, the world that they built, even though there was nothing unique about it. Yep. I, I've seen every element of it before, the way they wove them together. I loved the bifurcation of the kind of natural magic... Yep. ...sourced in creation and the dark magic, which is stuff that, when I was a kid... Made parents freak out. Oh yeah! In the eighties, you you remember this? Like it's oh, yeah. all black magic, right? There's, well, in this world, there's not. It, there is, you know, good magic and, and evil magic, right? And I loved, and this probably annoyed some people. I loved the like importing through the back door of modern slang and sense of irony and sense of humor, yeah, into this like epic monarchy world you know i I really thought it was really well done in a way that that just satisfied the heck out of me
0: yeah yeah no i absolutely agree and i agree with you on the animation too um, that so uh avatar the last airbender has uh what would be more almost anime style it's it's a really weird hybrid blend of like anime and american Animation that I think is is really good Nickelodeon um, did a really good job of putting it together but I agree with you I, th- I thought the animation really made for a uh, a well done show here i, I didn't feel I, I felt like there were some instances where it was like that uh, choppier but I think it that was intentional I mean this is the type of yeah. animation that it's supposed yeah. to be. Um, it's not supposed to be that clean fluid move through. And, and like you said, it, it, to me, it adds to the world and it adds to the story that they're trying to tell. Um, it, and it it
1: felt like you're reading a a story book or like, you know, like, like a big like the princess bride story. You know, that's the, the, the book that, that Peter Faulkner pulls out. That's like, you know, two inches thick, but somehow you can read it in like 45 minutes. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. And, uh, And and you turn to a page that has an illustration, and the illustration just starts moving. Like, it had that vibe to it. And and I loved that there was a back and forth, and sometimes even um, interspersed together, of 3D backgrounds. They would do camera movements and stuff, 3D, uh, which, you you know, that's no big deal. Everyone does. But then, you know, they'd flip to a different POV, and all of a sudden... All the backgrounds are ink and yep. and watercolor. It, oh my gosh, it was really, really well done. And I am so just, I'm not sick of, I'm just nonplussed by CGI. Yes. I mean, yeah, I'm tired of that. I, I, I miss cartoons. Yep. And this was like the ultimate cartoon to scratch that itch for me.
0: Yeah. I was um, getting caught up on Voltron: Legendary Defender today, another Netflix oh, yeah. original, um, you know, remake of the old '80s one, and it, it was fascinating to me how um, how they do some of that stuff in theirs as well. Not as much, but there is some stuff where they where they just interestingly slow down the action, and you feel like you're almost watching, like you were talking about that overlay matting type stuff, uh, but how how in other things where it really tends to count you have that crisp fluid animation but it's animation it's not CGI and and you're right I absolutely I miss that and I really I enjoy that I remember thinking that the first time I noticed that man a lot of cartoonists or a lot of animators are really moving to the CGI stuff and how how it just frustrated me how annoying it was I thought it was cool in certain instances but I do. I miss that animation, and I'm really I, I'm drawn to cartoons and shows that really yeah. do that.
1: Dude, so Calvin and I, my son and I, went and saw Teen Titans go to the movies. Yep. Which, by the way, hysterical. Nice. Like I hurt myself laughing at that. Um, <laughs> But the, I got done with it. I always go on IMDb and I always read the trivia and I really miss the forums. That was one of my favorite things to do after I saw a movie yep. was you know go on and, and debate and theorize and stuff, um, which is what Reddit's for now, I guess. But uh, I, I went on there and the trivia said, now it's 2018, and it said this is only, I want to say the fourth or maybe the fifth uh, traditionally animated uh, film with wide release in this decade so far, since 2010. And what's more, it, there's only like two more scheduled for release before 2020.
0: Hmm.
1: And the others were like um, My Little Pony, uh, Winnie the Pooh, which actually was kind of money, the Winnie the Pooh from like 2012 or whatever, yep. with Zoe Deschanel's music. Um, I don't remember what the other one was, but I mean, it's just like, they're, they're a rare, rare breed. Yeah. You know, they're endangered. Yeah. And it, you, theres it's really hard. This is why Pixar is so good, because it's almost impossible to get real soul into CGI characters. Yes. And Pixar can do it most of the time, but most people who try, it falls flat. Right. Whereas, when somebody's skilled animator is... And obviously, they're still using computers. It's all computer-assisted now, and it will be forever, and that's great. They can do them faster and less busy work. Mm-hmm. But when someone's really drawing, oh, it just, it, it, there's a different, like, you're, you're, you're getting into that person's soul more, I think. There's, a, there's more artistic interface yeah. between the creator and the viewer. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. I, I almost feel like the CGI stuff has more of, it, it has more of that claymation feel to a certain extent. Um, You know, back in like the 1970s where they were messing around with all those Christmas claymation movies. Like I remember when it first came out thinking like this is, you know, oddly similar to that. Just the texturing and all of that stuff. Of course, the, you know, the speed and the the movements and all that stuff are, are much cleaner. But that texturing almost feels like that. And I remember I enjoyed... I enjoyed that aspect for a very different reason than I enjoyed the animation aspect of things, and uh, yeah. So I, you know, I'm I'm all about uh, them doing animation stuff. Netflix to me has not been disappointing with the animations that they have been coming out with, and I hope they continue to do a Mm -hmm. lot more.
1: Yeah, and what's funny to me with the animation, the, the CGI animation, is like one of the best things ever done was the first thing ever done. Yeah. Which is what what year did they make Jurassic Park? Was that in 1990 or did it come was, out in 90 and they made part of an 89?
0: That was uh Jurassic Park was 93. No. Yeah. Yeah, Jurassic Park, I'm pretty sure was 93. I'll double check that.
1: 93. Yeah. Well, I'm way off base. Okay, I, I remember having a a T-Rex poster in my bedroom uh, and you know where the he's he's roaring in front of the Jurassic Park gate. And I was thinking it was when I was in, like, junior high, but it must have been early high school. Okay. Um, Either way, that was, like, to me, mind-blowing. I'm sure it was to you as well. Yep. And they figured out pretty quick the way to make it all look real is, A, low light, B, lots of water. Yeah. And and so they did that. And in the few shots, like, you know, when, when Dr. Grant hops out of the Jeep, Broad sunny day, and he's looking at the the herbivore, yep. you know, whatever they are, um, a or whatever. It looks pretty fake, yeah. uh, and when you look at it now, you're like, "Ooh, that looks pretty fake." But I feel like now, even okay, so it's what? It's 25 years later, right? Is my yeah. math like worthwhile there? Yeah, it's 25 years later, and when they show a you know the the monster in full direct sunlight, it's still feels pretty fake yeah I mean it's realer than it was back then but in order to make me really believe and suspend animation completely ooh, did you see that I, I meant uh, suspend disbelief but I said suspend animation like suspended animation <laughs> Freud's having a field day that's right in my head <laughs> uh, but <laughs> in order to, to get me to really buy into it you've got to you got to get the low light situation shadows yep. you know things things have to be a little obscured and I don't know what it is. There's something about the way that the light plays off of things in high light situations yeah. that they still haven't quite gotten. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they'll ever completely overcome that. I remember the first few times I saw like humans being animated for a whole movie, mm-hmm. uh, like Beowulf. Yep. Thinking, man, that looks so plastic. It looks so fake. Nothing about it feels real. And I still feel like there's an element of that. Yeah. I feel like. Absolutely, not so much Voltron, even though it's super cool. But the the Dragon Prince felt more real yeah. than yeah. two thirds of the the CGI. Even the CGI people that that you know they get slipped into, you know, the Gollum. Yeah, uh, I believe it was uh, the guy from Weta on the behind the scenes thing for uh, the the Lord of the Rings who said, "Gollum is beyond anything we've ever accomplished in effects," and still. Um, it's not that great. It's right. It's cool. I couldn't do it, but I'd rather have seen like a little, like gimpy guy in a suit, you know, kind of selling it to me. Right. And I, I, I prefer a a cartoon until we've gotten to the point where I don't have to not think about it. Right. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I don't think we're actually going to ever get to that point because I was thinking about this. I really feel like, you know, back when I watched Jurassic Park, Lord of the Rings, things like that, I think there was also an element to this technology that we were watching these things on that allowed us to feel that like they were more real. So, you know, you have a grainier television that's using analog instead of digital, and so things aren't as crisp, they're not as clear, and yeah. so you're you can suspend it a little bit more because the technology isn't there. I have a friend who goes out and gets, you know, whatever the latest and greatest technology is, they're they're on top of it. So, you know, they're going out and now getting that 4K TV and 4K DVD player and all that stuff. And the thing is, it looks more fake the better you get with the technology because it's not... <laughs> it's, it's not funny paradox. Thing. Yeah, it really is because it's not blending together, I think, the way they, they want it to. Now, I will say watching... Um, something that is more animated or completely CGI'd um, looks better on those. I think you do get an element where things are looking better with the technology. But when you try to blend the two technologies together, it really is making it more and more wonky. I remember I was watching um, the Avengers, the the first one, which came out in what 2012. Um, I thought that was 1990. <laughs> the Avengers. I'm just
1: making a self-deprecating joke. <laughs> Are you the KJV guy from last week?
0: No, at least I'm laughing now. <laughs> uh, I wish I had the little crickets button and that I could just turn on and be like chirp 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 chirp. <laughs> uh, but I was I was watching that recently. On, you know, this high def 4K thing and it was like it didn't look as good as I remembered as I remembered it in the theaters. It was just Uh the animation between the CGI stuff they were doing and the real people like the picture was super clear, but I think that actually distracted from uh the the actual animation and the actual cgi whereas if it had been a little grainy or a little less clear it would have actually i think it would have still blended well but
1: that's why we all are going to go back to crt monitors man (laughs) that's right there are red green and blue dots and they create the illusion of color (laughs) that's right that's why you're storing up now right (laughs) Dude, I actually just got a hold of one of those for the Pac-Man machine. Nice. I wasn't about to sell out and put it in a flat screen monitor. No way. <laughs> nice. But, uh, you know, even like the, like my, I have one of the first, uh, like, LCD TVs of anybody in my friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, this, the story behind it is I bought a really expensive Palm Pilot. Okay. It's called as Palm TX. Yep. Uh, it was like the last one that, that Palm really made that everyone went gaga over after that. Everyone was like, why are you still making these things phones? <laughs> but, uh, I, I got the, uh, like office depot or whatever, where I bought it. I got the, the plan to cover it Yep. and it started acting wonky. And I told them it was, and they said, we'll send it back. And then they sent me a gift card for like you know, 600 bucks or whatever. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go on eBay and buy an older Palm. And then I bought this, you know, two ton flat screen LCD. And I noticed what you're talking about that when I'm at like the Best Buy or whatever, and I'm looking at these really high end things, if it's a, a shot of you know, just like a, a scene in nature or something, which often they do to show off those TVs, yeah. it looks breathtakingly real. Yeah. But it's, I mean, I there's the old sermon illustration, and it's actually older than you'd think, because I have it in like a, uh early 90s uh, uh, sermon illustration book about high-definition TV, which was just brand, brand new idea. Yeah. How... Um, you know, like the Cosby show. Can I even talk about that now in light of other things? Right. Um, let's say on family ties <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah. Like if there's a bookshelf, they would just like some, some guy in, in sets would just paint the the spines of all the books, you know, yeah. give me a green brush. Boom. Give me another, and, and like your TV was so crappy. It didn't matter. It all looked real. Your mind was filling in stuff. Yeah. And to some degree, my old, it's high def. Technically it's 1080 whatever, uh, whatever the good one isn't. Um, it, it, it really hides, uh, a lot of, you know, the, the telltale marks of, um, you know, blended animation, CGI animation. Yeah. And and I feel like it's a better way to watch traditional animation too, is, is for there to be a little room, you know, a little forgiveness in there. Yeah. And, and we're not ever going to get back to an age where it's not total clarity all the time. Right. Which kind of, I don't know, that kind of bums me out. Yeah. Everything is, and what happens is it gets harder and harder for regular people to be able to enter into that space and create something. Yeah. Because it becomes more and more specialized. You know, you have to be able to make every pixel look right now. You know, we were dealing with, I don't know how many pixels there were on a, um, on a traditional uh, tube TV. Uh, but now we're dealing with millions and millions and millions of them, right? And it's it's hard to to make that look. I just made a video uh, for my church, and even with the the real simple stuff, I was doing, I was like, man, it, you, it was so much easier when I had my big chunky VHS yeah. camcorder yep. and my little editing box, and I could kind of stitch everything together. Yep. Um, you know, it was it was so. It was such a simple thing. And now everything is just getting more and more challenging. And, and again, it's progress. It's good. But that's one, you know, I, I guess, are we even talking about the dragon prince? Anymore? <laughs> that's one thing about it. It was charming. It, that, that, that's the one word I would say about it. it was charming. Yeah. First and foremost in that way that we've been talking about. And then it was exciting and heartwarming and suspenseful and funny and fun. But first and foremost, it had that, that sense of nostalgia
0: even while being such a product of 2018 yeah yeah agree 100 percent agree 100 percent. so yeah all that to say go back to old technology and in the process check out uh the dragon prince it's a great show
1: uh now have they gotten picked up for a second one because it ended with a real cliffhanger
0: uh as far as i know it did um as far as i nice. know it did so we you know hopefully within the next and, and the nice thing is the animation they've really seemed to be kind of um chunking out there every uh few months you don't necessarily have yeah, to Voltron's wait a few like a every weekend they yeah. come out with another season yeah yeah so i'm um, i'm hoping that um the nice thing is like voltron they really seem to be you know pushing this out more and more um if they do this similar to the way they did uh, avatar you know there there's only going to be a certain number, you know, 3 or 4 of these, you know, books as they call them in the series um yeah. and and then, you know, it'll be done, which which I kind of like. You know, I, I'm enjoying Voltron, I'm liking it, but I also like that hopefully this is going to have a very definitive storyline that's going to, you know, end after a few seasons. So I hope they already
1: know how it's supposed to end. I yes. don't, I, I, you can tell. And as an author, you know, I I, I don't like the lost experience. where yeah. you're, You can feel them going, oh, crap. What right. was that? We didn't know. We just thought that it would make people want to keep watching. Right. I, I feel like they do, though. Yeah. And you, you know what, what I love about Netflix? And I've, for some reason, I've heard like four or five people bring this up in the past month mm-hmm. is how essentially now, I mean, it used to be. It was Nor- Norm on a Netflix show, ironically. Norm McDonald was talking about this. It okay. used to be when you write for TV, no characters can change, right? Like right. Roseanne's got to be Roseanne week after week, yep. right? I mean, if you're Michael Scott, you can't grow. Um, and then in a movie, you know, the characters have to change. They have to grow. We have to have an arc. Right. And Netflix has created this new genre of basically the 20-hour movie. Yes. Or 10-hour movie or whatever the case where you can... Get both. You can, you know, you can have uh, the recurring gags and you can take your time, you know, really sussing out the, you know, the plot and the characters, Mm -hmm. but you can also have this character arc. Yes. And that would be really cool uh, to see with, you know, stuff like, they've done a great job with that with, with Voltron. And uh, granted, talking about this stuff on Facebook is what made that one guy brand me a boy pastor and and mock me. Um, And I'm like, really? I can't be into this stuff and enjoy it with my son? I know, And enjoy it for the nostalgia and because it's good storytelling and it's not dirty like everything else? Okay. uh, Whatever. (laughs) But I thought, I mean, like, I would have watched The Dragon Prince with or without my my 10-year-old.
0: Yeah. It was just good storytelling. Yeah. You know, I, so... I, again, I grew up watching cartoons. I remember, you know, um, watching a lot of the reruns of like the Super Friends show and things like that. And then, you know, growing up in the '80s, you had He-Man and Ghostbusters and Thundercats, and um, you know, so many to me that were just fun animation shows. I mean, uh, Brave Star, which a lot of people don't really know about, but um, absolutely phenomenal animation and phenomenal storytelling too. Um, that really, you know, explored characterization and depth, and um, and so I remember growing up with a lot of those those shows, and I remember looking back on the landscape of television. I think it was like, uh, or cartoon television, like the you know the late um, '90s, um, going into the early 2000s, and like, man, where where's all the like good cartoons that are coming out and like you know I I at that point I was babysitting a lot more and I actually um, was doing stints where I was nannying for people at various points in times and watching some of the things that that were on and like just being disappointed with cartoons in general um, and and again what
1: about Batman the animated series well man? but
0: those but again you're talking Batman the animated series came on earlier. Uh, 90s and then you know going into that like you had I think it was like 90 it might have been 99 where you had Batman Beyond which I think was um, a really good spin-off of Batman the Animated Series I don't know if you remember watching that one um, no ba- but Batman Beyond was really good Will Friedle actually took up um, the mantle of Terry McGinnis Batman and you still had Kevin Conroy who was voicing old Bruce Wayne at that point Um, I felt like, you know, those, those were really great, but it was, it was kind of, it was a short lived series. You had Batman, the animated series, which went on for, I think, uh, seven or eight years maybe. And then you go into, uh, Batman beyond, which lasted about three, but then they started really pulling away from the animation and they started again, moving more into that CGI stuff. Um, you know, and, and I remember for the longest time, you know, students uh, coming into class talking about things like SpongeBob and um, you know Aqua Knots and you know, I mean, all this stuff. And it's like, I, I just, I was kind of disappointed with where cartoons had gone. And I remember the first time I really got excited again was Phineas and Ferb when Disney came out with that. Um, and that was, you know, the first time in a long time that I was excited about cartoons. And then Netflix started picking all this stuff up. And so, I, you know, I, I'm excited for what's going on with it again. And, and I hope they keep doing good stuff with it because I'm, I'm loving it. You know, like you said, you know, this is stuff that you would sit down and watch on your own. And I don't have small children. And so I do that now. You know, I mean, I watched the whole Dragon Prince series in one night. Um, today I had off work and so I was watching Voltron and getting caught up on that and just enjoying it. It's just, to me, it's, it's good. It's fun. I don't have to worry about what I'm going to see or hear. Um, and I know I'm going to enjoy the characters and I'm going to enjoy watching the show and how it progresses.
1: Nathan, aren't you a little bit old to be watching Phineas and Ferb?
0: (laughs) Dude, have you ever seen Phineas and Ferb?
1: Yes, I set that right up for you, dude. That was like walking over and placing the brand new baseball on the tee. You're supposed to say, "Why yes, yes <laughs> I know,
0: I, I know, uh, I missed it, <laughs> dude." I, uh, I'm i a little out of practice. I've been out a
1: week. <laughs> I, I saw um, the movie called uh, Into This. What is it called? The Second Dimension. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. In Magnificent Two D. Yes, I've seen that probably 20 times because my son was obsessed with it for a while Nice, and it is so funny yeah dude that show is hilarious what are the people who made that what are they doing now that's and i don't i don't want to hear you you know throwing a bunch of hate at at spongebob i mean that's the natural successor to ren and stimpy that's high art
0: i just i could never get into it and i have a lot of appreciation for the people who voice it Um, the guy, you know, the, the, the guy who voices SpongeBob is the one who voiced, um, uh, Yakko on Animaniacs. So, I mean, you know, I could never not love that guy. Um, but yeah, I just, I I don't know. I tried getting into it a few times and just like, I I don't, I don't know what it was. Um, but yeah. Uh, well,
1: I think we're in a good space now, man, because it's clear that, Children today, or whoever the target demo is for animation, I I I sometimes wonder if there are more kids uh, excitedly tuning into Voltron or more Gen Xers. But it's clear that they're they're yearning for the the audience is yearning for really well done, you know, and and it has to be well done traditional animation because talk about something like He Man. I mean, when you go back and watch it, the animation was so sloppy, it sucked. You know, or or did you, ever, did you ever go on YouTube and watch uh, the GI Joe PSAs that someone has overdubbed? Oh in yes, words? yes. <laughs> because the mouths <laughs> were just like—I mean, there was there was no articulation of any you know, phonetic sounds at all. It was just like the the lip appeared and disappeared. Right. And it was, they, they must have just like churned through those. And I, as a, I remember as a kid watching them and being blown away by how cool it was. Right. But it wasn't a good product. Right. And, and what kids are getting today on Netflix or on, on Amazon Prime or I assume on, on cable TV or whatever is it is good product. There's there's real competition right now and you have to do it well. You have to do it right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think the things that are being put out are uh, so much better. And it's it it really it is. It's 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 great. You know, I mean, again, looking, you know, talking about the early 90s brought up Animaniacs. I mean, such a clever show. Have you ever gone back and watched those with your son? Uh, You know, he we did watch a few, but I found that we had to pay for each
1: episode. They weren't on Netflix or anything at the time. And he wasn't – he didn't quite get him yet. He was too young. But, man, I, I, it hurts my abdomen to watch that show. Yeah. It's just so brilliant. And, and that came out about the same time as Tiny Toons, which to a lesser degree was also yep. very, very funny. Yeah. Uh, and, and always had in – just like the old Looney Tunes, they would always backload it with jokes for the parents. Yeah. You know, yep. stuff that no kid's going to get. Right. And, and when you watch the old Looney Tunes, um, you know, there's stuff that, that you don't get unless you were – you know, an adult in 1958, or, you know, you're like, I don't, I don't know what the, it's just like the Simpsons practically. They're they're throwing in pop culture references and then they're throwing in the slapstick anvil falling on somebody. Right. And Animaniacs really did that well. You know, they, they really balanced it out. Um, I, I probably should go back and just buy the first season. I bet, I bet, uh, my whole family would get a kick out of it now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, it it was on Netflix for a period of time. Um, I don't, I mean, if you haven't checked in a while, you might want to check, it might be on there now. Um, but it was on there for a little bit and, and I just went through them and, and like you said, I mean, I was just, I was laughing my head off. I couldn't get enough of it. And it was more, it, it it's more than just like the nostalgia. It really, the animation, the jokes, everything just really held up over, over time. Now, I mean, of course, you know, thinking about it, some of those things wouldn't relate too much to, um, you know, younger generations. But you, like you said, you have a lot of that stuff in there, very similar to Looney Tunes and Tiny Tunes and all of that, where, you know, those, those jokes, if you're from that time period, you know, are, are absolutely fantastic. And then if you're not from that time period, it's just it's the classic slapstick that never dies.
1: So... Yeah, like a Roadrunner cartoon will never not grab my
0: attention. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly. Like the way that sometimes, some people, if if they are, you know, in a restaurant and there's like a game on. Yes. Like a game on one of the 49 TVs that's for some reason plastered to the walls of every restaurant now. (laughs) They like can't look away, like they're engaged. Yes. Dude, that's how I am. If it's, if it's Bugs, dude, Bugs Bunny. Yeah. That baller is Bugs Bunny. (laughs) Remember when he, he was the whole team? Yes. And just, just to be a jerk, he, like, completely defeated that actual <laughs> baseball team. Yes. <laughs> playing all the positions. Oh, my gosh. And, 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 and you know, there's something funny. Like, you have, like, um, I feel Heath Cl- Heathcliff. Now, that's yeah. a deep cut. You remember Heathcliff? Heathcliff, Cliffs, was like The yep. poor man's Garfield. Yeah, Kind of did some of this, too. Like, instead of being the born loser, like, all the gags are just, crap just happens to this person it's like the born winner, yes. And uh, you know, th- there's something very funny about that too. Yeah. Um, and th- you'll they'll never, no one will ever surpass those old Looney Tunes for. Oh no! You know, I, I mean, there's there's no comparison between the the sloppy, lazy jokes of like American Dad or right. You know, um, what's what's the other one? People are still Family watching. Guy. Yeah. Family guy. I never could get into that. I There's I one gag from that. Yeah. Where this guy was in a overalls, and he walked out of a door, and he and he burped, and a live chicken came out of his mouth and <laughs> ran away that every once in a while I think of, and I laugh. But I don't know. Once you see the formula, and you reverse engineer it in your mind, yeah, th- then nothing surprises you on that show. It's all just meant to shock. Yeah. Um, how, how much better use of time is it? Something that's meant to engage your your sense of wonder and creativity something like dragon prince that that takes place yeah you know in a in a world where it's not quite bound by the rules of our world yes and it's about morality at the same time you know there's there's yeah moral conundra all over the place right
0: and there's that and there's clear there's clear right and wrong and there's like there it, it's fascinating because it is so complex you know you have people who have been wronged on both sides who are who are trying to realize their mistakes and mend them and then you have people who are just so bound by you know their their hatred of one another and they can't get out of that i mean there is a lot going on in there that really you know surpasses like you said that that like simple you know basis humor of things you know and and it just it makes it it makes it great. Did you ever see a movie um back in I think it was either the late seventies or early eighties called Flight of Dragons? No. No? Okay. Um it this show reminds me um a lot of that. If you get a chance to uh to check it out, it was uh an anime an animated uh movie done. Uh John Ritter is actually the voice of the main character. Um, and it's just it's it's very well done. It's still if you um, if you look it up and you can find a copy of it somewhere, it's it's definitely worth your time. And a lot of the concepts you know that that this show talks about with like magic and and things that are going on are brought in there, but done just very very well. Um, I mean, I remember growing up, it was one of the ones that I watched all the time. And this actually reminded me, Prince of Dragon reminded me of this movie, Flight of Dragons.
1: And I gotta say, one of the major takeaways I had was that I really, really wish I had a pet glow toad. Yes!
0: <laughs> that could blind people at will.
1: <laughs> it was so great. Oh my gosh, I love that thing. It was such a great little, like, comic relief. Uh, you know, just... Always with them, ready to to take the the mood in a different direction if it got too dark or heavy or whatever. Yeah, and and it just uh, such a great cast of characters. Yes, and 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 good use of young people, uh, kind of struggling against expectations. Yes, uh, that are placed on them. I thought that was one of the most fascinating parts of you know that that element, that, that factor of. What do I do when I'm expected? I mean, some of the things were overt. You know, choose the egg. It's not a spoiler because no one will know what that means. Right, but right. What do I do? Choose the egg if it comes down to that. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. And then there's also all these unspoken uh, expectations. And that really, you could mine that, I think, for a good long time. that could have a five or six season run and not overstay its welcome yeah. if it's done, if it's done if well. If it's done well, yeah. And if they take their time on all of them. Yeah.
0: No, I agree. Yeah. I think... You know, like you said, there, there's just it's there is there's so much going on that really allows you to, I, I mean, it's just to me this show one of the things that makes this so great in terms of you know it's it's not just a silly cartoon like there is so much going on it's a fun cartoon but there is so much going on in the complexity of things you know and and I enjoy it on the same level that I enjoy other shows that are out there, you know? And, and I think that's the sign of, you know, uh, a good set of, uh, writers and directors is that they're able to produce this in a medium of being a cartoon and make it fun and make it accessible to children, but also, you know, make it accessible to adults as well.
1: And, and you know, I also appreciated that it was one of the rare examples of, children's programming, I mean, again, largely, probably it's going to be filed under that, yep. even though a fa- family, pro- we'll say a family program, Sure. Yeah. Uh, that didn't include a healthy or rather unhealthy dose of left of center social commentary yeah. and trying to normalize a bunch of stuff and, and, you know, all this agenda driven garbage, they didn't, they didn't get caught up in that. Yes. It, and. I could have seen that happening. Mm-hmm. It's really refreshing at this point because it's so rare yes. for that never to enter into the picture. Um, that that was nice too. I, could, I watched it with my kid. I never had to stop and say, okay, now what does God really think about that? Right. Um, rather, we were all kind of just wrapped up in, oh my gosh, what would you do? What are they going to do? Are they going to, is it going to work? You know, um, the, the whole binding. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If I will just describe this because it's, you know, it's very early on. Yeah. These elves that are assassins bind themselves literally mm-hmm. with, with like binding cloths on their arms or wrists. Yeah. Um, and they're going to go kill, uh, humans and is particular humans. And until they do, it just gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And if they never do kill the person, their hand will just come off like, like, like it will die and fall off. Yeah. And man, that is just such a th- that'll preach, man. Yeah. What a what a picture of sin yep. and its effects and the way that that w- resolved or didn't. I won't I won't spoil that. Right. I mean, I I'm not the guy who's like find the gospel theme and everything, but that is just very very overtly, um, you know not non-relativistic. Right. And that, that's yeah. a, I guess a corny way to say yeah. Uh, absolutes. Yeah. You know, it was there, there are absolutes in a world where people are just dealing with shades of gray all the time. There are some absolutes. Yeah. Uh, I got to go get my kid from karate, dude. <laughs> the other topic, you know how we always have a second topic and we never get to I it. I know, right. <laughs> um, it was like, what, what do Christians take too seriously? And what do they take not too, not seriously enough. And I think that what we take too seriously might be cartoons. <laughs>
0: You know, we talked about them for an hour. I mean, how seriously yeah, right. is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, but you know, I I think uh, I really I enjoyed this. I think this was good. I mean, I was sitting here at the earlier stages, like, oh yeah, you know, we'll get like we'll get like twenty minutes and then we'll move on. And I mean, dude, we've you know, we're at fifty one minutes right now. And I mean, I could still I could still talk another hour about this because I you know I think it is such a great. Uh, topic and and you know i think it's enjoyable and we we haven't done one of these in a while so i i think this was good this was fun man i had a good time
1: yeah 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 and you know what it's our show so if people don't want to hear about cartoons that's right go listen to the happy rant i don't care <laughs> <laughs> go listen to the gut check podcast and in order to do that you have to buy a t-shirt that's right
0: <laughs> yeah people come on go buy t-shirts and in the process, you know, go on Facebook and Twitter, and you know, retweet and retalk about honey, go wine and spirits, and win some tickets. <laughs> there it is. All right, man. Well, just like we end everything else, Zach, we just rocked the Casbah. These go to eleven.